Will you check for me? All right, now do we continue the conversation or do we go into the intro? I think we definitely finished the conversation. Okay. <laughs> now we can do the intro. Let's oh, okay. let's make okay. it easy Whatever. for people. Let's be pros, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Satanists on Cinema. We're your hosts, Satanist Cameron John, almost forgot my name, and Reverend Campbell. Satanists on Cinema is a film review and commentary series that is covered in black mold and regularly gets lost in our walls. If you happen to bring your special needs child for a vigorous game of hide and seek, expect them to go missing for a few or for at least a few hours. This is our review of Relic. Not the Relic. Nope. Relic. It is different. My wife made that mistake. <laughs> it is different. It, I think it's funny because I thought, um, the, this whole time I thought this was made by the lady who did Babadook, but it really it was yeah, just from I was the same country. I really fucking confused because I'm like, <laughs> I haven't heard shit about it in her last film. I still haven't even seen. Yeah. So it's not. <laughs> no, Spoiler. no, this is a directorial debut. Yeah. So the logline of this film is a daughter, mother, and grandmother are haunted by a manifestation of dementia that consumes their family's home, which is an interesting point of uh, note. Yeah. So this, we're going to get into all of it in just a second. Uh, this is the 2020 horror drama film directed by Natalie Erica James, Natalia, uh, in her directorial debut. The screenplay is by James and Christian Wright. Directed by, uh, again, Natalie Erica James. The music is by Brian Reitzel. And I have to mention that because I thought the music was really wonderful in this. I dug it. I mean, just the effect, sound effects, too. I mean, the Foley guys, they, everyone was on point. Yeah, they were killer. Um, cinematography, I thought, was just stunning. Uh, Charlie Seroff did that. It was had a world premiere on the Sundance Film Festival, July 25th, 2020. It is currently in drive-in theaters uh, when it was initially re released in those 69 drive-in theaters across the country. It has grossed uh, a little over $192,000, and uh, right now it's kicking it around $581,000. There's a lot going That's in That's fucking this. crazy yeah. to think about. Like, yeah. box office numbers from fucking drive-ins. That's the year we're in. <laughs> we should go so to a drive-in. Like, just cars next <sighs> to each other. It's it's such a bitch though. Like oh, really? I've I've wanted to, but with my baby's medicine schedule, it's right. Yeah, that's why I'm not seeing Ghostbusters this week. No oh, shit. Bullshit. Um, I forgot that was that's actually being released. Jaws and Ghostbusters Motor View Drive-In right up the street oh, from me. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, that's a hell of a double feature. Yeah. And they're oh, also yeah. doing Back to the Future and Part Two. <laughs> hell yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um. Okay, so the cast is uh, Emily Mortimer is Kay. It's the, it's weird because she's the mother. Uh, Robin Nevin as Edna, who is the grandmother, and Bella Heathcote. I hope I'm saying that right. Is Sam, who's the daughter. So this is a grandmother, mother, daughter, focused, very intimate film. So mm -hmm. you have to understand that going in because it literally reveals everything about what's happening. How's it going, Kate? Thanks for joining us. Um, IMDb gave it 6.1 out of 10 stars. Rotten Tomatoes. It is 92% certified fresh by really? reviewers, like professionals. The audience oh. gave it 48%. Oh, 
Mm, I think both those are a little forty-eight. That's yeah, that's that's insane. That I, I've never seen a gap like that before. That's huge. No. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That's like we fucking love it and we absolutely don't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, it was just released on demand this past weekend. But again, you know, for the past couple of weeks, it's been on uh, drive-in theaters. Mm. So this is going to be a spoiler review. If you don't want to know what we took away from this film, uh, the plot points and everything, don't watch this. Move on. Go, I don't know, have a burger or something. Um, do a push or have this in your ear while you're watching it. Yeah, that's true. That'll help. That won't confuse <laughs> you at all. Str- Not at all. The strength of this film is in its atmosphere and immersion. Mm-hmm. If Definitely. if it wasn't for the sound, if it wasn't for the cinematography, um, I just I don't think the acting could hold up alone without the set and without the lighting and without everything else. Like the the home in this particular case is absolutely an integral character of the film right so do you want to walk through the sort of the the plot points here yeah so uh starts off with the the grandmother just disappearing nobody can figure out where the hell she is so mom and daughter leave melbourne to go see if they can find her uh care for the house while they're waiting for her to come back and then she just randomly appears back covered Mm -hmm. in mud like nothing happened so i mean that's essentially how it starts out and then the yeah. whole movie is trying to figure out what the fuck caused her to go it's it's interesting because there's what what we're um given a window into are, are a number of different things right so the mother's health or i'm sorry the grandmother's health has been sort of failing she's getting you know a little older and i mean she's an old woman but um her mind isn't quite what it used to be uh, and it sets up this interesting connection because the the daughter, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up with my generations. Kay, the mother, who mm-hmm. was going to check on her mother, who was the grandmother in the scene uh, in the film, she hadn't seen her in weeks after she was told that mm-hmm. there were problems. And so she's talking to officers, saying, "Look, my she's been missing," you know, or. Uh, and the guy's like, well, when was the last time you checked up on her? And she was like, well, two weeks. So clearly there is a situation between the mother and the grandmother that they're really not close. Mm-hmm. We don't know why yet. The The mother really doesn't want to have to take on the burden of caring for um, an, an, a, basically a, a woman developing dementia. Yeah. It alludes to the idea that their grandfather... Um, had dementia and died from it as well and was abandoned in this old cottage uh, that was on the family property. They eventually tore down that old cottage and took the door. I thought that was the great-grandfather. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was the great-grandfather. Okay. Um, they eventually ended up taking the door from that and using it as the entry door, which had this nice little stained glass uh, picture oh, window in it. shit. <laughs> which, one thing that you quickly note is that everywhere there's black mold on every surface so some places it's a little more hidden than others but the state of decay that is not only eminent in the grandmother's mind paid through by the great-grandfather's death and and abandonment um, you start to understand what relic actually means and stands for Um, we're quickly met with supernatural elements that Funny, funny side note yeah. I had to explain to my wife after the movie what the relic was. Oh, really? <laughs> she had no idea. I think there's a bunch of different ones, though. Like, I, I, 
and I, I we'll get into that in a little yeah. bit here because I, I think it is important because that it seems like the obvious relic is going to be the picture window, mm -hmm. the door, um, and that that brought with it this sort of supernatural entity that is uh, torturing the mother or the grandmother and ultimately frightening the mother and the daughter, which is really your first third act, um, mm -hmm. which is, it does what every great horror film does. It doesn't explain anything. It sets up this premise of terror and you just have to exist in it for a while and just yeah. suffer along with everyone else. There's a lot of really uncomfortable shit. It's yes. So nice. <laughs> it is the first third of this film is just a masterful piece of horror and I absolutely mm -hmm. adore it. The second third, we start to really delve into this idea maybe there's not a supernatural element. Maybe there is. Maybe it's just pure dementia. And mm -hmm. so everything that these people are experiencing is through the eyes of the grandmother who doesn't really, she, she's just not a reliable storyteller. Yeah. And so you don't really know what's real and what's not. What you're seeing as the viewer versus what the actual characters are seeing. Because for example, that opening scene for this video where the daughter looks on, um, the mother looks underneath the grandmother's bed <laughs> and there is motion there, but she doesn't act like she saw anything. Yeah, she kind of did. I mean, but it was it was a split second right yeah. before she got hit. It was like, is that a shadow? What is that? And then, bam! A book falls yeah. on her head from her grandmother. So there's a lot of stuff like that where we, as the audience, see something that's clearly a form, clearly a creeping presence. The characters don't. The grandmother does believe that she is being haunted, and uh, she goes so far as to even confess that um, you know as soon as she gets out of the house she starts to feel better it's when she's inside the house that it starts to get bad and that's where you start to take a different logical leap maybe it's not just dementia maybe it's not supernatural maybe it's literally the black mold that's causing all of these problems mm -hmm. the house is so infested with black mold which has hallucinogenic effects it can actually kill you um it, it deteriorates your brain with too much exposure which would explain all of the problems that the grandmother is having and all of the problems that the mother and daughter start having once mm -hmm. they get into it and so i thought that was a really interesting play that they included so it did keep you guessing and it wasn't as blatant as a supernatural horror could possibly be that being said I'm not sure where I land on it, even after having heard the director's excuse or reasoning. Yeah. Um, that final act, right? So we, in the second act, we start developing this uh, idea of terror that mm -hmm. the grandmother was missing and now she's here and she's completely avoiding any type of discussion about where she was. She's developing mm -hmm. these black spots all over her body her skin is rapidly deteriorating she's clawing at herself tearing her skin off uh, she's urinating on herself she's forgetting uh, who she's talking to where she is uh, she's trying to destroy all evidence of her past by eating photos of the family and then trying to bury them and stuff to sort of wipe yeah. away the past it's this this metaphor almost of what it means to lose your mind Mm -hmm. presented physically which i thought was very art artfully done and beautiful um so that final act is really where everything comes into this solid conclusion of confusion <laughs> yeah and it's it's a abrupt turn like you know when the second act ends <laughs> yeah so they are uh the daughter gets lost in 
how do you explain that? How would you explain? So that? I just kind of equated it to the in between. Um, so like I mean, there's things. moments in the first and second act where you hear banging in the house. Yep. Uh, man, no idea where it's coming from. I mean, once it's behind the fireplace, it's just like that's a fucking weird place. Well, um, the closet that the neighbor got locked in that the grandmother is terrified of. The daughter decided to go in and check it out and realized, oh, shit, there's a pathway at the end of this closet. Um, Because there was just a bunch of stuff bulked in front of a a pathway. So she moves everything aside and decides to explore. And there's a whole other section of this house that just randomly appears. Um, And it's just a few different hallways with some really odd angles. And it ends with some doors facing out like this. Um, and yeah, she gets terrified, tries to take off and realizes, oh fuck, I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a couple different films that immediately clicked in my head once she got to that point where mm-hmm. she tries to get out. Uh, it, it started making me think of The Shining where the, mm-hmm. the building is actually a character. It's a living entity. And then it also made me start thinking of Interstellar when at the very mm-hmm. end of Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey's character is in this sort of temporal region of a black hole communicating through space time to his young daughter trying to tell her that he loves her and he's still there for her by knocking bookshelves uh, books off of her bookshelf from the very beginning of the film which was years prior and mm-hmm. so she thought it was a ghost but ultimately you watch the whole film around and it was actually her father so the missing grandmother is that the knock on the wall or is it the missing daughter that was knocking on the wall at the very beginning. Is this a space-time loop? See, that's... Yeah, that's where I was confused because it does show us, um, like, when the daughter finds the very end where she busts through above the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we get her banging on it. Like, it shows us a size, you know, from the uh, perspective of the front room. So, I don't know. I don't know if that was that or if it was just the... Because, uh, essentially, there's an extra character in there. Yeah. That we just never see and is never really acknowledged. So I, I don't know. So another part that it could possibly be would be that special needs man that is lives next door, right? So he's being yeah. taken care of by his parents, but um, he would go over to this grandmother's house and play hide and seek with her, and mm-hmm. it got to the point where, of course, she's you know she's losing her mind, or the house swallowed him up, and he was trapped in the same arguably the same place that the daughter ends up getting trapped in the walls of this house. And it it wasn't so much as she was actually getting lost and just mixed up. You watched the walls move in on her and the rooms get smaller, like Alice in Wonderland cartoon or Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. And the entire like house flipped on her as she was busting through the roof and then it like shifted. So she fell out of it. I mean, just, yeah, that was beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. It was just a wild experience mm-hmm. to witness. That's when I texted you going, holy fuck, fuck, have you seen this? Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I was like so zoned in on that. I was just yeah, freaking no, out. No. That part, I like. I just had a handful of popcorn in my bucket in front of me. And I don't even think I touched it for like 10 minutes. I was just sitting like this. <laughs> it was so wild. Um, that's where it really picked up and then dropped off for me. Um, so you start to get this almost like almost like Juan vibe of the grandmother coming around the corner because yeah. she's chasing the daughter and the mother. 
and you were starting to think it's not the grandmother anymore. Is it not mm-hmm. the grandmother because she is fully given into her dementia or is it not the grandmother because she's fully um, uh, taken over by this other entity of the house that's, that's haunting the house possibly um, mm-hmm. or is the house like so you don't you don't quite know how to take it or what the consequences are going to be. And then it really kind of drops off a cliff because it, they get through the wall. The grandmother's trying to pull the daughter back in the wall. The daughter, the mother back in the wall. The daughter is pulling the mother out of the wall away from the grandmother. And then they all come flying through the wall. And then like the grandmother seems like she's dead and they mm-hmm. try to, you know, they, they make every motion to leave. And the mother is like, I can't abandon my grandmother I, I, or her mother. I can't yeah. abandon the grandmother, but she doesn't want the daughter to be infected by this anymore, whatever this madness is that they're experiencing. And so she closes the door between her and her daughter, and she goes back to the grandmother in order to take care of her, which includes removing the skin from her, Ed Gein style, and mm-hmm. underneath is this polished ebony facsimile of the grandmother. Yeah. Um, who is just frail and weak and lays down. And the ending of this um, is very poetic and beautiful um, through certain lenses is the grandmother laying down, finally transformed into who she was terrified to be transformed into Mm -hmm. and the mother accepting her for who and what she is and finally coming around to willing to be with her. And so Mm -hmm. she lays down next to her and then the daughter walks in and witnesses it because, of course, she doesn't want to abandon her grandmother and her mother. And so she comes in and says she was willing to take care of her grandmother the whole time, you know, lays down next to the three of them or the other two. And all three lay together supporting each other through this final scene. Mm-hmm. And that's the film. That's where it ends. Well, and then it, it leads on to the mother being infected. Right. So the and daughter sees like a little bit of a mark the black mark that we saw all over the grandmother mm-hmm. on, on the base of her neck. So it's telling you that this is a hereditary situation or it's pure exposure or it's just this next in line of victims, you know, once the, the grandmother, because what the grandmother looks like is very much echoed in some of the flashback visions of what the great grandfather looked like when he was suffering dimension abandoned in the original cottage. And so you do get this hereditary vibe, right? And so, What's funny about this is that uh, the director was saying that she was in production of this film when Hereditary was released by Ari Aster. (laughs) And she was going to be using little furniture, dolls and stuff. But then she saw Hereditary and saw that they were using it. She's like, shit, now I can't use it because it's going to look like I'm definitely copying this Now she's a candle maker. Yeah, and so they do candle making (laughs) instead. Um, And it's just a way of of expressing the deterioration of the individual Mm -hmm. through the deterioration of her work and her physical form. Um, so look, can we talk about this in, in like silos? So I want to, if I can, um, with you, talk about this in the supernatural silo and then the medical health silo. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that it's very much up to the interpretation of the viewer, which you take, Definitely. especially after having listened to the director, which I think we should probably close with what she was saying. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about this as a supernatural? Do you think do you think this was an infection thing? Do you think the house was just just being in presence of it was causing it? What do you think it was? See, that's definitely where it started off. Um, like almost you know, that there was 
uh, the relics that were brought from the cottage on the property to the house infected the house or uh, uh, possessed the house in a sense. Um, and we definitely get that in the beginning, um, right after the grandmother comes back, and especially with the hallway scene or the closet scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's telling the daughter, you know, this is, I think this is where he came from or came into the house. That's why there's a lock. This room scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, at first, that's where you think the mold's coming from as well, because you'll just get little bits and pieces. Um, and of course, the first one that, fucking you know thought i was gonna have a nice little jump scare so i'm sitting there like this when the daughter's you know thumbing through the clothes and then there's a bag moving yeah and then it just stops it's like oh okay i guess i can relax a little hint because we did see an entity a number of Mm -hmm. times in this yeah so when the grandmother first appears again and uh that night the daughter or the mother comes down to talk to the grandmother and behind the daughter or the mother is a fucking entity like it is there God, you see it under scene. the bed. You see it in like a corner of a wall that sort of shifts. Like there is well, I feel something. Like we're really skipping over something important. Like the fucking scare factor of that scene where the daughter is talking to the uh, the grandmother, or the sorry, the mother's talking to the grandmother. Yeah. Like you just see her going towards the front door, and then you know camera pans around and there's the mother and the creature behind her, and then it goes back to the grandmother. And she just lifts her head and moves her hair. It's like, holy fuck, she was walking backwards the whole time. Yes! That, oh, that was, was so fucking good. That was... I I was blown away when that happened. Because yeah. I was expecting, like, a Voldemort thing. Like, a face <laughs> behind a face or something. And it was just, like, yeah. straightforward. I was like, oh! Oh! <laughs> and that's yeah, what I'm so. saying. Like, when, when we're saying, like, the first third of this is the most masterful horror. You could... Just everything you want... The second yeah, is intense as fuck, and you're just sort of on the edge of your sheet, just seat, clutching your popcorn, and then the end kind of drops off a little bit. But yeah. it, <laughs> fuck, those beginning parts, if you can just silence everything, sit in the dark room, get your surround sound going, it's creepy as shit, it and it's so wonderful. Fucking worked so well like that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, the sound is so incredibly good. If you can have it like really high levels, it's it's an intense as fuck. Um, oh, yeah. So from the supernatural side, I felt like it was like this doppelganger or this this sort of amorphous black entity that was just draining the life out of the mm-hmm. grandmother, draining out her mind I and stuff. Um, and then it it just decides to latch on once it's because it, there was a point in it where it said like she's she's being drained away or something like that. Like I got I can't remember now. I watched it twice too. Um, well, the grandmother did feel like she was the victim of like this parasitic entity mm-hmm. uh, and the daughter started getting that vibe as well and then us as the viewer watching this thing existing in this house as well very much made you think that there was like this demonic entity or something mm-hmm. um, Definitely. and then the supernatural at the very tail end where she sort of transforms into it or this is like the charcoal remains of the you know wood that was burning like how did how did you process that from a supernatural lens? I didn't see that as supernatural at all. I I felt that that was um, them. Well, I guess it's kind of supernatural. Like essentially, they when they went into the in between, that's that's just what I'm going to keep calling it. Yeah. Um, that was them entering her mind and being uh, completely enveloped by her dementia. 
Um, so I, I saw that as them accepting their role in their new lives, um, trapped inside of a crazy lady's mind. Well, so then, I mean, let's go to that medical health perspective, because if it was purely just a, a film about dementia, it is done in the most masterful way possible. Everything in this yeah. is a metaphor and it's beautiful, Fucking terrifying, beautiful through that lens in the most terrifying ways. Yeah. Um, because you are slowly exposed to the madness that this grandmother has been living with, um, for a very long time. And you understand why the mother didn't want to go take care of her because it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And I'm sitting here questioning why the daughter is so eager to jump into it. Probably because she doesn't, she hasn't been exposed to it before she, you know, maybe she just doesn't know what it really means. But the, the deeper down this hole of dementia you go, um, it, having it done through a horror lens is so brilliant because yeah. you feel the panic. And there's a point where the grandmother is out and she's like, where is everyone? I don't know where I, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm not me or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I felt so fucking sad. I, I was like buying into the emotional presence that she was portraying in that moment. Yeah. It, you know, was, just, it was fuck, it was sad. It was rough. Like at that point, that's when I was telling the wife, like, yeah, that's if that shit happens to me, that's the point where I'm gonna go into the garage and fucking hang myself. Yeah. And then of course I got yelled at because I talked about killing myself. It's like that's just <laughs> rational. Who the fuck wants to go through that shit? Yeah. Fuck that. It's it's absolutely brilliant through that poetic lens and it makes that final final act worth it to me because mm -hmm. if you take the supernatural approach that final act is really disappointing but if you're taking an exploration of a metaphor for dementia then it's absolutely beautiful and it's literally yeah. them realizing that she is no longer herself and she is fully gone yeah and it's okay and they're going to do what they can to make her as comfortable as possible in the madness and yeah it's it, it makes me emotional beautiful. man yeah no I, i'm not gonna lie i was crying at the end not like yeah crying yeah. a bunch but i was a little 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 teary-eyed yeah it's a beautiful fucking mm -hmm. a way of of expressing um that idea mm -hmm. it's such a good see now i'm turning around on my rating um i'm okay. not i still i still stick true with it <laughs> so then I guess the only other way of exploring this would be through the director's lens, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the director heavily leaned on the metaphor for dementia, but she said specifically that the black mold that is everywhere is the creature. It is an entity. So mm. the dementia may be the result of the black mold the creature and it's not just the natural state of dementia that some people go through it's actually being inspired by this external creature and i mm. thought that was an interesting way to try to straddle two different approaches to this film but yeah do you think that that waters down the mean the metaphor or do you think that that just excuses it for a horror premise <sighs> fuck i don't know how i feel about that it yeah. like it, it changes the movie um, I, I feel at least the way that I took this movie yeah. and that is one thing about this I mean we've kind of said it anyways but it's it's solely like you everybody's gonna experience it differently mm -hmm. uh, but 
Yeah, no, I don't know how I feel about that. It, it kind of bummed me because it, I had a rating it, in my head and then I watched that interview and my rating changed and, and now I'm just like, whoa, like how could that be the thing that changes it? I've just fucked the, the proof of concepts. What changed my mind? <laughs> yeah. And so to, to uh, compound this discussion, let's talk about that just briefly. Um, the director put out a, a short film that one of the audience members sent to me. Thank you so much for sending yeah, that. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, it was called Cresswick. It's on Vimeo. I'll have the, the linked in the show notes if you haven't seen it yet, but it is a proof of concept of this film. So it's essentially a 10 minute first half of this film. But it's through the eyes of a daughter with her father rather than a daughter through her mother and a daughter through the mother through the grandmother. Um, so it's a little simplified, which I actually appreciated. Yeah. It, same cinematography level, same sound level, same, same acting. set too, basically. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Like when she was in the Grove, mm -hmm. I was like, holy fuck, they used the same place. That is awesome. It, it, was, it's, it was so beautiful. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of burned the movie a little bit for me because I wanted to see where the short was going to end. And if I was more interested in seeing where the short went, how could it hold up to the film, which I saw all the way through twice. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it does say something about some ideas are better left unfinished and mm -hmm. in short supply because they become really much more potent ultimately. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing that short did change my opinion of the, the actual film. Um, but I, ultimately, I have to reflect on this film as I was terrified. I was terribly sad. Uh, I was touched. And there were moments in this film which I have not experienced on, on a film uh, since I was a little kid. Um, I get this uh, aggressive urge uh, to react in fight or flight. Uh, and mm -hmm. when I'm afraid, traditionally, that's in a fight mode. And so the whole time I was watching that second act, I was, I was literally wanting to just scream, like grab this black entity and just scream in its face. It, it, it's part of the way that I process Satanism and my um, acceptance of it was this idea of these demons from the pits of hell and me not being afraid of them, but walking and being amongst them and being accepted as one of them. And this idea that I am a monster, like I'm a demon, I'm a devil, I'm a, I'm, I'm a creature of darkness. Why would I be afraid of darkness? And so when I see a darkness encroaching upon me and trying to force me to be terrified when it clearly doesn't know who I am. And so I just want to grab it and scream. I was like sitting in my chair <laughs> watching this film, just like with all these muscle urges to like jump and scream and, and just get my rage out. And, but I was terrified at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was fucking crazy. I didn't, I've never experienced that as an adult before. It, it blew my mind. And so I have to really appreciate what this film brings to the table. Because even if you don't like the last act, the first two are great, like yeah. solid. And if you do take it as this beautiful metaphor, then the last act is pretty satisfying, I guess. A little bit. <laughs> Not a lot it, for me. It, if you're going the metaphor route, then it's, it's much more satisfying yeah. than the other two routes. I really am glad I watched this film. I, I do have to say that. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I dreamt about it. Like, it was... I mean, it was a, a tangential connection to it, but it, it affected me in the same way that Haunting of Hill House affected me, the Netflix series. 
that show fucked me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me quit smoking weed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You should definitely watch Eviscery. So, uh, I don't know. Should we, let's do our, our, our favorite part. So for you, what was your favorite part? Um, so it's kind of a toss up because it was, it was so, there's like three that really just stick out. Um, there's the mother's first kind of experience with the entity. Um, as she's, uh, you know, she thinks her mother woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and she hears banging. So she goes to check on it and there's nothing there, but you just, you always catch this little glimpse of something Mm -hmm. in the side of the frame. Um, and just, that was honestly, I think that was more intense than when she, uh, fell off the stool when her mother was in the bathtub, like right. that shit got under my skin. Like I haven't had a movie affect me like this in a while. And it mm-hmm. was for that. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, definitely the scene where, uh, we were, we were speaking of earlier when you see the creature behind her <laughs> as she's talking to the mother. Um, that's just. I mean, that's going to stick out for yeah. a very long time. Like, it, if I forget everything else about this movie, that will be the sum of the movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the scene, like the final act as the daughter's going through the walls and they're starting to close in. I just love that there's notes everywhere explaining what she's going to experience. Oh, we didn't even talk like about she those. doesn't even care. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when she... Uh, when she first realizes that she's stuck in a loop, um, she starts seeing, or no, I guess it was when she actually first entered it, she starts seeing little notes all over the place. Yeah, because the grandmother would make notes and leave yeah. them everywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, that's where we figure the grandma got lost. Yep. Um, at least that's how I took it, is yeah. she finally went in there, and that's why she's so fucking scared of it, because she went in there and got lost, and mm-hmm. she was just leaving notes everywhere to try to remind herself this is what's happening. This is what's going on. The notes are um, this wonderful window into her subconscious because some of mm-hmm. them are like, you need to leave. Get out. Get out. No, no. And she's clearly the moments of lucidity in her dementia where she is saying, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing my fucking mind. I can't believe this is happening. And so she's making notes to try to remember for when she's it's it's so fucking beautiful when you look at it through that that lens oh, oh yeah man. well it's great too because you can see the downward spiral i mean she's so basically the way it's set up is you've got the closet right here here's the entrance that you're seeing so you take a right here's the first hallway take a left there's the second hallway she is literally just going back and forth through that l mm-hmm. and each time she loops back around there's different notes in the same spot and you watch the handwriting change from very clear cohesive writing to just scribbles and nonsense and mm-hmm. it gets to a point where it's just not legible and there's just writings on the wall so terrifying. it was so fucking good <laughs> and then yeah of course like as she's punching her way through the the tiny thing and then falls out sideways yeah. that just that was fucking thing you just first see her hair and you're like why the fuck is her hair like that yeah <laughs> and then she flops and you're like oh fuck yeah. It actually shifted. So goddamn good. <laughs> um, so I, I think uh, I'm torn between my favorite being the setup because the the eeriness of just knowing there's something wrong, but not having seen anything yet, not really knowing anything, but it still affects you was so potent. Mm-hmm. But 
that that second act had to be my favorite and and specifically when th there's a moment when you see like mold creeping up on the wall and it's almost the form of a body mm -hmm. um and it's the daughter when she's like starting to panic like oh shit i'm lost i think how is this even possible and then she sees that mold form and that's where i got that visceral feeling of attacking i was just like oh fuck <laughs> like she yeah, is gone expect something to step through it yeah, yeah. It was that was my favorite part. It was it, it took the film in a whole different trajectory, and you're like, well, okay, this could be a, a doppelganger. It could be um, a, a dementia example, and then that happens to the daughter, and you're just like, well, I don't know what's happening anymore. Well, I don't even know what's real anymore. Mm -hmm. So great. What was your least favorite part? The end. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was just. It was so awful. Yeah. I. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> to be honest, I just, there was nothing I liked about it. Um, yeah. Can I ask you this, though? Um, uh, because I'm struggling with this, too. That's my answer as well. Mm -hmm. um, but then I start to think, what would be a satisfying ending? It was so intense and hyped in that second mm -hmm. act. How do you pay that off? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, aside from just like... <sighs> I don't know, like some Nightmare on Elm Street thing where the house fucking explodes or something, <laughs> or Poltergeist. Like, I I really don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, even, you know, we see the daughter leave the house, and then the mother closes the door. Like, what if it just, you know, like that was encased the in mold and collapses in on itself, and that's the end of the movie? Is that satisfying, or is that not? I, I don't know how it would have taken it, like. Yeah. On one hand, it's like, oh, okay, there is a cohesive end to this film. Mm -hmm. That's it. But would I have liked it? I, I don't know. The problem is, is I, I see it as this truly beautiful and poetic metaphorical ending mm -hmm. to um, realizing who, who your family actually is. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, I am wholly unsatisfied with it. And that's Almost. what I don't understand. It feels like it belongs in a different movie. Yeah. That's, I think, my problem with it. Um, because, yes, this was a beautifully shot film. Um, there's a whole lot of atmosphere. But it doesn't feel like an artsy-fartsy movie. Mm. Um, like, if it was all in black and white and a lot of cigarette smoking and just pretentiousness, like, that would have made sense for the ending. Like, yeah. if you've ever watched um, uh, We Are the Flesh, fucking... It's not one for the kids, so I'll tell you that much. Um, there's a lot of penises. A lot of penises. Um, like, the ending to that movie works perfect. Because the entire fucking film is just bonkers, start to finish. Whereas with this, it's a straight up... Like, you have a ghost story. A solid ghost story. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to, well, is it a metaphor? I don't know. And it just kind of rides that line. And then it's just that for the ending it, it just it felt so separate from everything else yeah yeah so I, I'm, I'm thinking of it through the lens trying to rationalize or justify my disappointment or at least combat it and i can't think of a, a better ending like i, I don't mm. know how you would how you would close this out without i think this was maybe the best possible way that they could come to terms with closing it because otherwise, I could easily see it just being way too cheap or way too explosive or way too mysterious. I don't know. I, 
I just know that yeah. I'm not happy with it. Is all. Yeah. It left me almost, feeling hollow, and I had like I told my wife. She's like, "Well, what did you think?" I was like, "I don't know. I don't know what I thought." Like I, I texted you in this mad terror fit, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it just with such an emotional yeah. drop off like that, I didn't know how to respond, and I had to process mm-hmm. all night. It was weird. Oh yeah, that's no, that's how I was. Like I was excited after the movie was over. I was like, "That was great," and my wife's just kind of like, "Eh." I'm like, no, but this was good. This was good. And then it's like, wait, no, that ending was pretty fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So let's talk ratings. Okay. So for me, two and a half. Um, I, I liked the movie. I yeah. really did. But that ending, it just, it didn't do it for me. And I don't know if there's a way for it to yeah. like any, any amount of explanation. Um, I, I struggle with the idea of ratings because I don't know if it's based on the future rewatch value or mm-hmm. if you just do it for the first viewing and your experience with it or if you try to analyze what the film was and you, you rate based off that. So I really struggled with this rating. I, I had a three and a half and then I started thinking about it more and I listened to the director and I brought, dropped it down to a three. The problem is, is two thirds of this film are brilliant yeah like absolutely bar none i mean you have to like this type of film of course but if you do this is bread and butter this is the no dumb. absolutely as good as it gets you are ex- so you you are eating exactly what they told you you were going to be eating and you're loving every single bite mm-hmm. um and that last third really changed it for me i would have given this a perfect score if it could have nailed that ending a little bit better because Same i here. do think it was it was that good but because it was such a stark departure, seemingly for me, um, to go from the grandmother hunting them to seemingly kill them, and then them hugging on a bed, and that's a cheap way of saying it, but still, it's like, was there danger? Why were you running? Was it not dangerful at all? And you're just like, I, like I don't. It does. It's such a huge departure that I had to lop off a whole fucking banana. Yeah, I. <laughs> Yeah, see what, I, I originally had three, and then I saw the Proof of Concept film, and it was like, why couldn't it have been that? Yeah, that was... Like, yeah, I feel uh, that's something that doesn't happen often enough, is movies that are just talking. Like, I eat that shit up. Yeah. Like, it can just be all ambiance. We don't necessarily need a ghost. The ghost can be the background character that we never see, but we know is there. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the family drama, like, that's ultimately what i thought this would have been um and especially after that proof of concept i don't know why it wasn't yeah um well yeah, even the like proof was... of concept had that head that was like mm-hmm. lurched over the father's body who has the very final shot when he was walking mm-hmm. in the room so there was still that sort of supernatural side to it yeah but that was the end yeah yeah you're and, right and like with this it's like, like i feel like if she would have just died has been dead. Like, you know, you see her wrap her up in her shirt and she's laying this fragile little that thing. That would on the be bed. very satisfying. Like if she would have just laid down yeah. and we got the scene of the great grandfather, but that was the the mother or the grandmother. Like she lays down on the bed, the shirt comes off and it's just you know, corpse that's it been there forever. Like that's how that's you nail it. And that makes sense. Like it, I would do that. Like if I yeah had found my mother you know, weeks after she died i probably would have done that like laid down with her and lost my shit for a little bit yep 
but that it just yeah no i damn that would have been a good that's why i lost a a sticker and a half all right well do you think people should watch it absolutely yes like that's the thing it's a great movie Mm -hmm. don't expect it to have a satisfying ending unless you look at it strictly as just um, uh, a metaphorical breakdown of what dementia is and how it treats the individual experiencing it as well as the family members like if you look at it on that end i mean it's a little bit more satisfying but not much more yeah yeah it was worth five bucks Absolutely, I definitely think people should watch it. Um, it. It's just, it's it's beautiful. It's just one of those things. It's beautiful. Not everything is going to nail, you know, fire on all cylinders. Sometimes you can have a bad ending. Sometimes it's a bad setup. Um, but writing this out, I'm glad that I did. Um, yeah, th- there there are visual and and notes in my mind that it awoke that I I love. So stoked. Well, it was it was fun too seeing um, a, a country like that um, characterized differently than usual, like the the use of the colored lenses to make it look yeah. like even the middle of the day when she's driving to fucking Melbourne, a city on the coast, like and it's so bleak and dire looking. Like that was gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah, the visuals. It, you really did feel immersed mm-hmm. when you were watching this, which I love so much. Um, all right. Well, that is our review of Relic. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for those of you tuning in live in the chat. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, if you want to support this show, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, sign up to the email list. And if you're getting this as an audio podcast, give me a rating or review. We'll appreciate it. And we'll continue doing it because Definitely. we like movies. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do. Uh, all right. Um, any, any closing thoughts, notes, words of wisdom? Nah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wisdom fucking for me now <laughs> all right uh eat your wheaties kids Take change your underwear daily hell satan hell satan that wheaties thing was big when i was a kid yeah it was all about like which which olympian is gonna be on the wheaties box it's like wheaties this and wheaties that and then fucking fiber and pooping and yeah wheaties was a big deal back then yeah i i, I feel like they should have just added raisins to it it's I raisin brand. Raisin brand. I love raisin <laughs> that was my brand. favorite. Like I still eat raisin brand to this day if I get cereal. It's great. But, yeah, Wheaties not so much. I don't understand the hate for raisins. Neither do I. I mean, they can kill your dogs. So, I mean, that sucks. But that does suck. Other than that, like raisins are fucking fantastic. I think they're delicious. Mm-hmm. They last forever and a day. Yeah. <laughs> and you can they're use great. them in booze. Yeah, which is always a beautiful thing. I've never done that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to do a traditional mead. Oh, wow, really? Oh, yeah. Handful of raisins, like some golden raisins. You throw a stick of uh, cinnamon in there. I mean, there's fucking seasoning for you. 